Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to episode 156 of Slamfire Radio for May 20th, 2016. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel Michaud. I'm another one, Trevor Frillot. And I'm another one, I'm Kelly Lynn. Now, Matt. are you guys sure that this is episode 156? Shouldn't it be episode 155? Uh, no, because we did 154 twice. <laughs> <laughs> Has that been fixed? Uh, well, that was my mistake, everyone, so yeah. Well, I guess we're we're doing the right one now. So 156. <laughs> you know how I know it's right? Oh. I put it in there. Who <laughs> oh, never I... makes any mistakes? Oh, God, yes. But that's about all I contributed this week. So I got to take it <laughs> where I can get it. <laughs> well, why don't you uh, start us off with uh, what you did in guns? Sure. It's been an uber busy week. Um, I've been planning... And the black badge that I'm teaching this weekend, Friday night will be the classroom, Saturday the qualifiers, and Sunday will be a uh, level two six-stage match. Kind of small for us, not usual. Uh, very unusual for me to put on a match under 150 round, rounds, but it's all we had time to prepare uh, for, unfortunately. But there are uh, six cool stages. They're kind of... Every time we have a match, we do a rough outline of the SummerSlam stage. And as we get closer to SummerSlam, then we put the right amount of targets at the right distances and the right locations. Swingers start to swing where they may be static throughout the season, that kind of thing. So <clears throat> spent the uh, spent the better part of the week, actually, as of from last Friday until tonight, um, building those six stages and cleaning up the ra- the range from the spring. Um, so that's ready to go. And then I did some reloading. I loaded up some of the, um, 40 caliber cast bullets that I powder coat to, uh, chronograph them through my new Tanfoglio limited custom extreme. So I, they're loaded. I just got to get to the range and chronograph them now and then come home and make copious amounts of practice ammo. Um, and then tonight I actually got out to practice and this was cool. Um, Jamie Knowles, who I'm sure doesn't listen, but Jamie Knowles is probably one of the reasons why I got into Ipsic and he doesn't even know it. I went to university with his wife and um, guns came up in conversation. She's like, oh, my boyfriend is a huge gun guy and he shoots competitively with pistol. So I met him back then and he was shooting a Glock. He's been shooting a Glock since the 90s, the same Glock, I think. Wow. A Glock, yeah, Glock 21 and 45 ACP. So he was shooting that in the standard division. And um, he was away for a while and came back to the sport two years last year, maybe the year before. Um, he beat me for the first time last year, but he picked the right match to do it at. He did it at the Provincials. So anyway, he's our current Provincial champion. Been shooting a long time. And him and I are on Team New Brunswick shooting for the standard team 
at the Nationals this summer. So we've, uh, we're going to start training together to get ready for the match. So tonight was our first practice session. So we set up some, yeah, we set up some targets. We did a few drills. We did some drills that he wanted to do. And then I came up with a couple, uh, we did, um, the accelerator drill. Um, for those of you that don't know accelerator drill, uh, we didn't do it textbook, but anyway, it goes like this. You put a target at 20 yards, 10 yards and five yards. And then from the draw, you put you can go from front to back and then back to front, and you kind of figure out which one you're you're uh, weak at, and then practice the one that you're weak at, not the one that you're good at, because what's the point? So you start off, you put two in the back target at twenty yards, two at the ba- at the middle target at ten yards, and then two at the front target at five yards. So you do that for a couple of runs, and then you start at the front, and then the middle, and then the back. And see if that was a stage, <clears throat> you would start at the back and do your most precise shots first and then speed up as you come in. Because once you start going fast, it's harder to slow down than it is to speed up. So you would start with the back, two aim shots, and then you would uh, reduce this time, your split time on the next one. And then when you get to five yards, you're just slamming it, right? So we did that, and we did the build drill. The build drill is from the holster, six shots, um, actually, I don't know if it's from the holster or from the surrender position, but anyway, we did a modified build drill, let's say, because the internet commandos will lose their mind if I call it a build drill and it wasn't actually a build drill. <laughs> so what we did was on the, on the, on the beep from the holster, six shots, and it only counts if they're all A's. The idea is to find your breaking point, right? Get it, how fast can you shoot six A's? And it's to practice tracking your front sight. So you've got this nice rolling sight picture for six shots because there's no such thing as a quote-unquote double tap. It's a controlled pair. You, you're supposed to have two sight pictures, not one sight picture and two trigger presses. See the sight press, track the sight, see the sight press, right? right? So those are kind of some of the things that we did tonight. It was a lot of fun. I went through 150 rounds. And um, besides that, my Wilson neck trimming tool arrived today. Um, so I, mm, yeah, awesome. it is, it's but huge. it is, <laughs> but remember, it's not the size of the tool, Kelly. It's how you use it. And this is not, this, this is, is true. This isn't about bulk. This is about <laughs> precision. This is a precision tool. It's a precise tool. So anyway, yeah, it's cool, right? I got the Wilson neck turner, the Wilson trimmer, arguably two of the, the best pieces of brass prep equipment money can buy. And I've got no rifle to use them on. Not necessarily true. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to create match grade brass for my 30 out six hunting rifle. Cause why not? Why wouldn't you? Why? Yeah. You know, people. Are, well, it's just a hunting rifle. Uh, I'd rather my hunting rifle be more precise than my target rifle. Targets don't move. Animals do. <laughs> you know. So anyway, that's what I'll do. Speaking I'll, of animals. Yes. Is a groundhog haunting you? Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Where did we go there? That SOB was on the ramp on the way home again today. So, all right, you, you had to go there. It's go button smash time. I've been driving to the range every day to build the stages for the match and work on the range for SummerSlam. And every day there's been a groundhog on the side of the road between the two and three kilometer mark. I know this because the road is sectioned off in kilometer markers and he lives between the two and the three. So every time I approach the two kilometer mark, slow down. He's waiting for it. He's waiting for (laughs) it. 
I, I'm, I'm doing like 15 kilometers an hour. He doesn't move. He doesn't move. I drive by. He flashes the finger at me. I didn't know groundhogs had fingers. I didn't know. Finger in the air. It gives me that. It's like, it's like Caddyshack all over again. I feel like Bill freaking Murray. This thing is flashing. Anyway, fine. Enough. I'm traveling with a gun from now on. We're going to settle this once and for all. I get my 17 HMR that I got from Jeff Reese, the gopher apocalypse gun from back in the day. Anyway, second I start carrying a gun, he doesn't show up. Yeah, he's done. And then, where do I see a groundhog? Right On the way home, where I can't shoot one. I almost did today, Kelly. I almost did. You know what stopped me? A bunch of senior citizens on bicycles approaching the ramp. That's the only reason this groundhog lived today. Tomorrow? Not traveling with the rifle? How much you want to bet he's back on the way to the range? How much you want to bet? If he, I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to take a picture <laughs> post for all the for all the listeners. I hate groundhogs. Adriel, he's taunting you. He's taunting me. You're taunting me, Adriel. What did you do? <laughs> Ted, please tell me you shot a gopher. Oh no! But uh, I might do that this weekend. That's a good idea. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. now that it's nice and hot out, and yeah. uh, all the baby gophers are out there. Yeah. Got to get out there. When we were in Calgary, the, the method that we had, we would we would shoot one, okay? And then we'd go a couple, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 yards over this way and shoot another one. And then we'd go back to the location of the first one. And the little cannibalistic freaks are eating it, right? It's like you know, you're... Targets. Yeah, yeah. Circle of life. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Circle is stupid. We shot Hector. And then next thing you know, Fred and Larry and Curly are eating Hector, so we shoot them too. Yeah, I, I don't really know if they were they weren't wearing, wearing name tags. I'm just guessing that that's where their names were. Sorry, Adrian. Sorry, accurate. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Okay, so I got a stomach blow over the weekends, and I missed uh, my three gun oh. match, oh. and I'm really choked because uh, I was looking at the times and uh, and kind of who was out there, and I think I could have placed like second, third, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit, I'm not really disappointed I didn't get out there. Uh, so I was sick on uh, Saturday, Sunday. I hacked up my Partis SS. So I've got, I've got two of them. Uh, so one of them I'm going to make into like a backup three-gun shotgun because it was $220. And I'm doing it on the cheap. Uh, let's see, I got it right next to me here. How long did that take to use the drum? It was the Dremel tool that you used on it, isn't it? I used the Dremel and I used a grinder on to take off some of the beefier parts. Uh, so what I did was uh, uh, not only bevel the magwell, a lot of guys will just uh, put a little, like a softer edge on the magwell so that it's uh, it doesn't catch your fingers and it, it scoops the shells in a little bit better. I mm-hmm. chopped it down. And basically um, what that does is it gives more ready access to the part where the shells go in. And it lets you use less of your thumb. So you don't have to point your thumb in as much. You can kind of like use the edge of your thumb to push them in. And it makes okay. for makes quad loading and, and dual loading a lot faster and a lot slicker uh, when you've got that opened up access. It looks like garbage. <laughs> it doesn't look very good, but it works excellent. So, uh, yeah, we dremeled that off and then smoothed it out with uh, a file and then some uh, increasing grit sandpaper until okay. it's smooth as butter. So right now it's very smooth. Um, there's a couple of little tool marks here and there, but I'm not going to worry about that too much because uh, I'm just going after something that's utilitarian. So I opened up the loading port. Um, the other thing I did was um, install a, a bolt release. Now you can... Uh, you can put on like that. That's what that was about. That's okay. what that coin is. Well, what yeah. was it? 
So okay. it, it's a button before, right? It's a tiny okay. little button, and it doesn't rock back and forth. It's just you push it, and that's it. Uh, when you put a bolt release, like an extended bolt release on uh, the button, what it does is it lets you drop the bolt, but it also lets you remove shells from the from the tube because if you push the lifter in and then you pull back on the uh, uh, on the bolt release, it it, it acts against the uh, shell retention clip there and it lets you drop shells out. So it's it becomes a, an easier way to unload the shotgun tube. You don't have to run them through the action. Uh, and for that. Uh, rather than use a, a fancy twenty dollar uh, <laughs> bolt release kit, I used a, a one Jiao uh, Chinese coin, which is like uh, ten cents in Chinese. <laughs> uh, I also removed the crimp on the uh, on the magazine tube in preparation for a magazine extension. Uh, so the uh, the tube is uh, is kind of crimped at the end there. I ground it off, sanded it, and now it uh, now the spring isn't retained at all. But uh, it will, uh, it's capped off so that, uh, um, yeah, I'll be able to add an extension on there. And uh, I just, I haven't decided if I want to get the, uh, the one-off Brownells, which is, I think it was $65 US, or whether I want to get one locally here. So, um, yeah, if any, of you, if any listeners have any ideas on that. Uh, I can't get the S&J one because they don't have a plus one. It, it, there's a bunch of shotguns that, that could potentially work for this. The uh, Nova extension is what I tried, and that one seems to work. The Stoger one's the same. Uh, but uh, if any listeners have any ideas on that, I'd be willing to try out uh, some different extension tubes on it. I'm glad that you're doing all the research and guinea pig work. So when you get it all done, Mark Giroux, who's a listener, he's just going to be like, all right, thanks, Adriel. Send yeah, me I'll the pictures of how you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Send me the pictures of how you trimmed out the receiver, and uh, now I know what tube to get. Perfect. I, I, I record it too. What's, What's that? that? Uh, sorry, I, I stepped on uh, Adriel there, but I was asking you, Trevor, if you were going to get one again. No, but I do mm-hmm. think I'm looking at a Stoger 3500. Adriel and I have been chatting back and forth a little bit. Mm. Um, if there was a Stoger 3500 available in Canada with a shorter barrel than they have now, even like what what were we looking at, Adriel? 24 inch? 24, yeah. Yeah. See, right now I'm running a 26, and it's okay, but uh, 24 would be much better. A 22 would be my preferred choice, but uh, a 24 with a magazine extension tube on a Stoger 3500, yeah, I'd be all over that. Yeah. They don't have any in Canada. I talked to the factory or the Stoger Canada the other day, and they said, no, we don't have any. I'm like, okay, are you gonna? Can you order one? Yeah, next year. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure we can get a barrel shipped, a shotgun barrel shipped across the border. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll have to. There's What's probably the no. There's probably no uh, ITAR restriction on a Stoger shotgun barrel. There might be, but if we can get it through Brownells or something like that, their export paperwork's already set up. Exactly. Yeah. But if there's no ITER, we have American friends who can just mail it across the border, provided it's legal to send it. Mm, good point. Mm. Okay. Well, we good uh, disclaimer there. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> I said good disclaimer. It's not a disclaimer. It's just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't going to ask them to send something up that they're not Absolutely. allowed to send. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the last piece that I need to do this is uh, put a uh, match saver on it. And I'm just I'm going to use one of the dozens of. Uh, uh, what was that? Pex Pex pipe um, ones that we uh, we made up. So, oh yeah, chuck one of those on here, and I think that's it. I'm not gonna weld the lifter or anything like that. I'm just gonna leave it factory and not snag my finger. Yeah, you know what? I I 
approve of that plan because welding my Versamax lifter caused problems. Mm -hmm. It caused feeding issues. That groove in the front is meant to center the shell into the chamber. Yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't catch me bad with this one either. I've, there are some shotguns that just the spacing is just the worst for getting your finger caught. And with this one, it's, it's not bad. So Yeah, the Versamax was bad. The 870 will pinch gloves if you're wearing gloves. Mm-hmm. But so. bare fingers are, are fine, yeah. in, at least in my 870. Yeah, yeah, I concur. Yeah, and then, uh, sorry, go ahead, Kelly. I was going to say, Adriel, did you record at all? You were saying yep. that you recorded? Yeah, recorded also. I've got video on, like, sparks flying, grinding at this thing Ooh. like a savage. And, uh, oh, yeah, this is, this is like, some serious Bubba stuff. Like, pull out your <laughs> flannel shirt and your uh, cut-off mm. uh, jean shorts and... Uh, <laughs> take a grinder to a shotgun kind of stuff. No, no. <laughs> you and a pair of Daisy Dukes. Got it. <laughs> no, that's nope. 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 Um, you want to talk redneck. Um, I don't know if you've got Matthew beat. Matthew took one cooey barrel, cut the front off of it, took another cooey barrel, heated it up in the oven, and then put the cutoff cooey barrel on the front of the hot cooey barrel and tried to hammer it on to force the uh, choke of the barrel. This happened. <laughs> I'm not making this up. That was Sounds, the plan. Uh, we need to change this thing from creative. a cylinder board to full choke. I know. Let's get another barrel, cut it up with a hacksaw, heat the other barrel in the oven, because that'll get steel hot enough, and then we'll, yeah, I'll let him tell it. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways, some uh, some backyard uh, gunsmithing happened In, over indeed. this week. Yeah. Uh, and then I had lunch with uh, a listener, Jason, and uh, he gave me a gun. Oh, this, <laughs> <laughs> this is the Jason that you go to Subway with, right? Yeah, we went we went to another restaurant today, so oh. a little bit fancier. Oh, well, he didn't pay you a for gun. the sub. So, so he took you to Quiznos then. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to make it a bit more formal. Here, I'm giving yeah. you a gun. I'm going to take you to Quiznos. Is Quiznos still around? God, yes. yes. Quiznos oh. is so much better than Subway. I thought they went bankrupt. Hmm. Anyways, uh, in non, I non, eating there. <laughs> non sub related news. Yeah, it's a uh, Ruger uh, Rimfire, and he gave it to me to review. Oh. No. <laughs> I thought he bought you some. No, he just gave me a good. But I, yeah, I mean, I'll, uh, I'll take it. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to review that. Um, Change your phone number and don't answer his calls anymore. <laughs> Sell it. No, I sold that. Yeah. Anyways, that's what I was up to in guns this week. What about uh, you, Kelly? Well, I recorded with Matthew yesterday. We forgot Who? Matthew, didn't we? Who? Matthew. Never heard of her. I know. <laughs> you so. know, I'm just putting this out there, but since you two came on, he misses a lot. <laughs> I, I, I I noticed that. I'm sure it's correlation, not causation, or mm. whatever those terms mean, big words. Uh, he never used to miss, and now he misses all the time. Like I don't know why he thinks he can suddenly start taking time off. I don't. I think it's he doesn't feel guilty anymore. Yeah, we Wait. both can record, right? <laughs> yeah. See, this is it. We brought. I was too stupid to learn it. And we brought on a smart guy, and then you. So yeah, I can just keep sitting back and doing nothing. Oh yeah. Wait. I said too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah. And what? Last week or uh, on Saturday, I did the RRO course with uh, CSSA, so I am all safety up and certified. And yeah, went to SFRC, uh, filthy, we got you a couple of mags, and that's about it. 
how was the RO course? Did I think I heard you say that uh, on the other show you did um, some live fire exercises at the range? We did. Awesome. Yeah, so we got some practical in as well, so it was good. It's really important. I mean, I took my first RO course was from the uh, Royal and Brunswick Rifle Association. Mm-hmm. Pretty useless. Took three hours to say what could have been done in 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. My next one was with uh, Andrew Barr f- from the uh, National Firearms Association. Much better. Uh, really detailed, really detailed. Uh, maybe even too much detail. It's like knowing about range safety standards and stuff like that, but well, maybe not. Because, I mean, if you're asked at RSO at a range, mm-hmm. and you know what the safety standards are, and you can clearly see that they're not up to standard, well, should you let the event take place, right? If you no. Yeah, so it was really good, and we got a lot of uh, hands-on practical as well. Like, we got, um, we each took turns running the line and clearing the line, calling the shooters to the line, clearing the line, dealing with malfunctions. He would have yep. somebody stage a malfunction, stuff like that. You yeah. Did that kind of stuff? Yeah, that's what he did. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, it was good. And I was right in the middle of the pack, so I got to learn from the people that went in front of me, and people got to learn from me as well. So it was I pretty went, good. I went last. Yeah. So I, like, got everything. <laughs> everything, everything that they forgot, I yeah. did. And, and I was the only one carrying a flashlight in my pocket, so I, like, got super brownie points. I'm checking chambers with a flashlight. and. Oh, uh, see, I, I used my line officers, so... Uh, I busted yeah, a guy see, for. I trusted him. A guy had a tube fed, uh, tube fed twenty two bolt, mm-hmm. bolt action. Pro- yeah, bolt action. So when he was working the tube, he muzzled himself. Right. Oh. He wasn't pro- He wasn't opening and closing the tube by coming up under the tube. He was reaching over top of the front sight and down in front of the muzzle. I'm like, dude, look what you're doing. Yeah. Like anyway. Mm. Anyways. So I'm all ready for the charity shoot that's coming up. I am probably going to be working something else other than line, though. <laughs> mm. Just kidding. That's something else I did. Sorry, Kelly, if I could talk about the charity shoot. Sure. I called the CFO's office mm-hmm. to find out if Matthew, what do we have to do to have Matthew taxi my firearms to Ontario while I fly? Because driving, that's so beneath me. Um, so, yeah. They come on, really? That was a good joke. You guys are tough crowds tonight. <laughs> Matthew would have laughed at that, <clears throat> especially considering Matthew's the pilot and he's driving and I'm flying. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. anyway, um, it was pretty straightforward. They were like, uh, put me on hold for like 10 minutes and came back and just said, send us an email telling us that he's taking your guns and give us his pal number. Yeah, all right. So it was, uh, I thought it was going to be, I thought we were going to get in a situation where I was going to get a lending ATT or transfer guns into his name. Nope. You don't have to have a lending ATT? Nope. I thought you would have had to. Nope. He's, he's just, he's, he's technically not taking possession of them. He's just transporting them to Ontario. So, mm. and they don't need your address where I'm staying. They just need the range and that's fine. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm surprised. Mm. It's, it's New Brunswick, Kelly. I'm I, I'm wondering what happens if you get stopped if you get stopped by the cops in Quebec. Come on. Yeah, well, then, and that's why he was concerned to make sure that we do everything. So I will provide him with all the copies of the email to the CFO's office. The CFO even said, "We'll email you," and then you reply to us with the details of the information. Oh, cool. About mm-hmm. the situation. So then I'll print everything and I'll include it with my short-term ATT to Ontario, and you know he'll have uh, 
he won't have the keys to the firearms or anything like that. And so yeah. it'll be fine. Okay. Well, I mean, Quebec, Quebec will wake up whatever they want on the spot anyway. It doesn't matter how much paperwork they we have. If they decide they're taking our guns, they're going to take our guns. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no yep. reasoning with them. Yeah. And since he's not the registered owner, we might never see him again. <laughs> Just saying. Just kidding. It's true. <laughs> it's almost like he's going through North Korea. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. So that's everything that I did in guns this week. All right. Yeah. Well, let's uh, move over to events. Now, this first one here is uh, just an update on the Archie Perry fundraiser. I think, uh, Trevor, you had some information about uh, some Canadian manufacturers that had uh, come out in, in support of this? Yes, but I also wanted to just, you know, um, push it again, promote it again, and um, we and kind of clarify a few things for the listeners. A lot of listeners have come forward and said, I can, I've got a scope, I've got this accessory, I've got that accessory. Last we heard, Archie's still living out of a truck, so we appreciate that. You could either hang on to that stuff until he's settled and then maybe send him those things to help him rebuild his collection. Or, But I think right now uh, we're kind of pushing for cash, and I don't mean to sound crass about that, but the, you know, insurance, sure. And we've had a couple of rude people say everything was insured, so screw them. I ain't giving them nothing. Like quite literally, those were some of the comments. And to those people, I say piss on you, and if your <laughs> ever burns down, I will remember those comments. Um, to everyone else... Thank you. You might want to clean up some of that language. I'm sorry. Full <laughs> blood sugar. Um, to everyone else who's been sending cash and EMTs our way, thank you very much. Kelly, what do we think we got? About 500 bucks, you said? Yeah, around 500 right now. So uh, just wanted to say thank you to a few people. Uh, Thomas B. Uh, I'm going to give everybody his first name, but uh, not their last name. Um, Thomas S. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sean K. Uh, some guy named Trevor F. And I don't know who he is. There's also uh, like a Kelly L. Yeah, that'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tracy W. Shout out to Tracy. Woo-hoo. Who could that be? I have no idea. Uh, Kareen M. and Kyle M. The and I Kareen, just want- Kareen M., that's the wife of the person who sent the money. That was actually Sean B. Oh, okay. Oh. I, I didn't know that. As in Bevins. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, that's... <clears throat> Oh, right. Yes, that's uh, Sean B. Uh, I did want to actually talk about uh, Kyle, Kyle M. He sent a donation uh, for Archie, but he also sent a donation to the Salvation Army as well. Very cool, Kyle. Yeah. Um, And somebody, uh, well, and because listeners were asking, what does Archie need? I sent him an email and said, Archie, is there something like you need? And he's like, well, I sure could use a replacement for my Norinco 1911. So somebody bought him a Norinco 1911 today, or actually a Dominion Arms 1911. So that that was bought today. That's coming to me. I'm going to hold it until he's settled, and then I'll get it off to him. Um, and shout out to Juan Stalls. When Juan Stalls was told who and what the gun was for, they threw in free shipping. That's awesome. So, yeah. Cool. Speaking of awesome, Matador Arms. Now, guys, mm-hmm. we know how I... <laughs> I laughed. We, we, uh, we all know how I feel about the SKS platform, right? It's Love, no it. Love it. Love mm-hmm. it. Love the SKS. And yeah. all accessories. And all accessories. Yeah. There's nothing quite like an SKS in a Tapco stock. Well, here's the thing. The SKS in a Tapco stock 
is a wannabe version of what Matador Arms is doing. Matador Arms has come up with a chassis and rail system for the SKS that is so cool, I actually want one. I would actually get an SKS just to put in this chassis system. Now, if you know me, you know that's saying something because it's an SKS. <laughs> so Matador Arms contacted Slamfire Radio. Um, they, uh, they listen, used to listen, kind of listen off and on. Uh, so they're aware of who we are and, uh, the tomfoolery that we spread. Um, and they saw our post on Facebook. Somebody shared our Kelly, yeah. the beautiful post that Kelly wrote, got shared enough around that Matador Arms saw it, sent us a message and said, Hey, we'd like to get in on this. Can we send you some products for you to raffle off, do whatever you want with them to help raise money for archery. So Matador Arms is sending me, and it's only me because I replied to it before you guys. <laughs> Matador Arms is going to send me their chassis system and their rail for an SKS. So please, guys, go check out Matador Arms. Please like them on Facebook. Send them a message. Say, hey, I heard what you're doing for Archie Perry through Slamfire Radio. We think that's awesome. Yeah. If you have an SKS... You want might want to check out these products, and if you don't, you're a communist. Hey, you yes. mean, might this get you to buy an SKS? It very well could. <laughs> it very well could. Not before the charity shoot. I mean, I, uh, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, oh my god, wouldn't people's minds melt if I showed up at the uh, charity shoot with an SKS? <laughs> yeah, that a tactical SKS too. That would be funny. So why don't we actually post the picture of? Um, and the link for Matador Arms mm -hmm. on the Facebook page once we're mm -hmm. done recording this. And I think what we'll do is we've sold raffle tickets through the podcast before. Mm -hmm. um, so what listeners would do is they would send us an EMT, mm -hmm. and we would fill out a raffle ticket and email them back a photograph of the raffle ticket. And on an, a rare occasion, we would literally put the raffle ticket in the mail for them. But our listeners know that everybody except for me is trustworthy. So they were happy with the photograph of the ticket. And um, the we did this twice, mm -hmm. and an AR-15 was won with a ticket purchased through us. Oh, cool. So the system works, kids. They don't always screw you at the drive-thru. Okay. So just logistics of this, you're going to be getting this shipped to you, so we'll be holding the raffle ourselves, right? Not Matador Arms. That's right. Cool. We will hold a raffle. Um, we'll let the listeners know when it's up and running and, uh, we'll get some tickets printed. I've got the template on my computer from the last time we did this. I'll handle the raffle end of things and they will send their, um, email, their EMTs to, uh, slamfireradio at gmail.com and, uh, and we'll go from there and we'll, we'll pick a date. We'll sell tickets up until that date and we'll, uh, it's too bad the cherry shoots right around the corner. Yeah. Otherwise, we could draw it at the charity shoot, but it's just I don't logistically I don't have time to get everything up and running this quickly without with two black badges back to back. So and then the steel challenge and then the charity shoot is just not going to happen. Well, do you so, need well, to do a printed uh, ticket, or can we put them in an Excel sheet and uh, give everyone a, a ticket number and uh, do like a random selection this, kind of thing? This is why this is why you're here. Really? Yeah, and it's easy peasy. Did I just volunteer could, for this? You yeah. just did. You opened your mouth and gave yourself a job. So Adriel's going to set that up because it's more efficient than what I was going to do. So efficiency wins the day. Thank you. Auntie. And we could have it done by the charity shoot. All right. Okay. So, so we need to, on the fly here, three tickets for 20 bucks, five bucks a piece. Sure. All right. There you have it. So start sending EMTs for 20 bucks. 
and Adriel will give you. Uh, just hold on a second. What did you say? Five bucks a piece or three tickets for twenty bucks? Yeah. So why don't you do five? <laughs> <laughs> You're making things you hard teacher? here. <laughs> I don't teach math. Shut your face hole. <laughs> uh, uh, good. Cut all of that. <laughs> cut it all. <laughs> and then cut Kelly a little bit. Five, how about five for 20 and five bucks a piece? Yes. Why don't we just do an arm length for 10 bucks? That'll work. <laughs> Because we're doing it on an automatic generator. Yeah, come on. I need to put this in Excel. <laughs> All right. Figure it out. What are we doing? Five bucks each or five for 20. Yeah. Five bucks each or five for 20. All there right. we go. So one free one if you buy 20. Yeah. Yep. 20 dollars worth. Yeah. He, there was no potato anywhere in this equation. And that <laughs> me. Okay. Can we move on now? Uh, sure. I think so. Yeah. So send the EMTs to the show. Uh, five dollars each or... $20 for five, and uh, we'll put you in a magical Excel spreadsheet and give you some ticket numbers. And then mm-hmm. you could win a Matador Arms, SKRS, chassis, and sight rail. And sight rail. Okay. And they're sending a t shirt to Archie because he's homeless. Aww. He literally is homeless. <laughs> I know. Archie the hobo. I feel bad. Normally I make fun of hobos. I like this one, though. Hmm. We need to move on. I'm burying <laughs> myself quickly. Okay, Trevor, you, you've, you've got some info on this next one here. I do. The first annual Ronnie DeGroot Rock Out With Your Glock Out Steel Challenge will take place at the Rescue Gun Club on the 4th of June. Steel Challenge stages will be used in the match are the Accelerator, Pendulum, Smoke and Hope, and Showdown. The other two stages will be Straight Up Texas Star and a Plate Rack. Best three out of four runs will uh will go your time will go towards the um, the total so we'll have awards for the actual steel match which will be those six stages and then we're going to do some individual competitions we're going to have man versus man or man versus woman or woman versus woman whatever um on the plate rack so you have each shooter has their own plate rack and then there's two poppers so you take on your plate rack perform a mandatory mag change and hit the popper. We know who wins by the tabs attached to the poppers to see whoever's on top and whoever's on the bottom. And then we'll have man versus man again on the uh, dueling tree. So you've got three plates and I got three plates and we each have 10 bullets. If you're a revolver shooter, it sucks to be you. You chose poorly. (laughs) The person with the least amount of plates on their side of the rack after 10 bullets are expended from your firearm is the winner. Then there will be an award for fastest Texas star and fastest plate rack, and those numbers will simply be pulled from the match scores. It's going to be a good time. Um, what else can I tell you about it? It's it's to honor the memory uh, of Ronnie DeGroote, a longtime member of the Rescue Gun Club. The funds will go to Ronnie's other passion, the Rescue Snowmobile Club. So it's great great opportunity to shoot some steel and raise money for a good cause. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Kelly, did you want to give us an update on the charity shoot? Okay, so the charity shoot. It's the 6th annual uh, charity shoot in support of Soldier On. It's going to take place on June 25th. It's going to be at the Brockville District Fish and Game Club. Uh, if you're interested, contact uh, New Shooter Canada and you can check out uh, the event page as well. That's open up to the public. We've got a couple of new sponsors that just came on board. So Wolf Bullets, they are giving us some projectiles. Uh, I think it was um, 2500 so that's pretty good. Oh. Uh, yeah, 
So tactical teacher, uh, tactical teacher came on board. Uh, that's uh, the guy that I was talking about last time. Uh, he is going to be giving us some um, uh, lessons, basically, or, or uh, sessions. I don't know. Uh, entries into precision rifle clinics. So maybe Trevor, you should do this. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Lance as well. They uh, they're sending us out some gift certificates. Uh, Gunmart came on board as well. So those are some of the newest um, sponsors. But we also I came home today and I had a couple of parcels in the mail too. Soldier on. They sent us some swag. So we have some uh, you know those gummy bracelets, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we got some posters and some stickers and all that too. So it's awesome. It's Excellent. nice. Everything's cool. shaping up. Yeah, it's really cool. Awesome. Uh, the next one we have here is the Got Your Six. That's a Wounded Warrior charity shoot. It's being held at the Edson Fish and Game One Mile Range in Alberta, July 16th to 17th. Go to gotyoursixshoot.com for more information. However, I believe it is uh, sold out, so there's a waiting list there. Uh, the 2016 CNSCA Sporting Clays National Championship. That'll be at the uh, Wapiti Shooters Club in Grand Prairie, September 1st to 4th. There's going to be a Stoger Day uh, that the Gun Dealer and Stoger Canada are throwing at the Woodstock Pistol and Rifle Club. Uh, please show up and hassle them about bringing 24-inch barrels and 24-inch <laughs> barreled Stoger 3500s into the country. And uh, that'll be Saturday, June 4th, between 10 and 3 p.m. Mm, I wonder if Owen will be or will be there. Oh, tell him to show up and hassle them. Yeah. How come you've only brought in 28-inch barrels like What's shotguns? With the, where's the 24? I want yeah. the 24. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next one we have here is the Western Canadian Challenge. It's open June 30th and July 1st. That's Sporting Clays. That'll be at the Golden District Rod and Gun Club. Uh, next up, we have the news here. Uh, the first one is Man Who Sold Gun Says Three-Year Minimum Sentence Unconstitutional. Who's is this? I put this in. So a guy finds a gun, an old shotgun, in a pile of wood and sells it almost immediately and is being was, ar- was arrested and charged. And he says that the three-year minimum sentence is unconstitutional. Uh. Here's the thing. Um, I, I, I want to go off on this one in a couple of different directions. I don't know if it's unconstitutional, but I do know this. I know that... Most of the gun laws were created with criminals in mind, or at least this, uh-huh. right? Selling guns, smuggling guns, selling guns to, to gang members, in my opinion, is a lot. Selling a Glock 17 to a gang member on Young Street in Toronto is not the same as selling a single-shot 12-gauge to a 60-year-old farmer who wants to take care of something on his property with it. Okay, but in the eyes of the law, selling a firearm to an unlicensed individual, they don't distinguish between the gangbanger and the farmer. Now, this guy, it's a firearm. What are you doing picking it up and moving it in the first place? For all you know, it was used in the commission of a crime and was hid there. You could be interfering with uh, evidence. You could be interfering with an investigation. It's not a hockey stick. You don't just find a firearm and pick it up and go sell it. This this kind of really bothers me. He's whining that it's unconstitutional and I'm like, where's this guy's common sense? Well, like, I think uh, it's the, the that answer is in the article there a little bit cuz uh, he was saying <laughs> he arranged to sell the gun for $80 and and about $20 worth of crack cocaine. <laughs> there you go. 
yeah, don't know how much sense you're going to get out of them. Right at the window. Yep. RCMP arrested the drug dealer. Oh, this is good. Okay, let's read this. Kamloops to BC, a Merritt BC man who found a shotgun hidden under a pile of lumber and sold it for 80 bucks within hours faces at least three years in prison. Rodney Bosell has pled guilty to trafficking a weapon in connection to this to his find on May 1st, 2014. Bosell's BC Supreme Court hearing based on the constitutional argument will be the first in the province to challenge the mandatory three-year minimum sentence for sale uh, sentence for sale of illegal firearms. Crown lawyer Neil Flanagan said Bosell was doing renovations at an apartment building where he lived when he discovered a shotgun wrapped in plastic in a weedy lumber pile beside the shed. Bussell immediately called his drug dealer, (laughs) who he had only recently met, and offered to sell the gun. It was very poor timing opportunity. It was a very poor timing opportunity to make a dollar. That's what it says, right? I'm not mm-hmm. reading that incorrectly. No, that's right. It was a very poor timing opportunity to make a dollar. He's a crack. Get, he's a crackhead, so you know English yeah. isn't. Uh, oh, that's a quote here. There you go. Bussell told his sentence hearing. RCMP had arrested the drug dealer the day before, and an officer answered his cell phone. Bussell arranged to sell a, the gun for 80 bucks and $20 worth of crack cocaine. An undercover Mountie made the deal in the, uh, the same morning, and police immediately arrested Bussell. Under, law, under laws brought in in the former conservative government in 2008, weapons trafficking carries a three-year minimum sentence. See, the conservatives did this, not even the liberals. That law has been found to be unconstitutional in other provinces, including Ontario, but Flanagan said it still stands in B.C. Well, is it a federal law or not? If it's a federal law, it stands in all provinces. Anyway. It uh, is a federal law. Yeah, so how could they? How could it be ruled unconstitutional in, in Ontario? Maybe they had a better uh, example okay. than this one, because this example so, isn't very good. No, no but in uh, so April uh, on April fourteenth, uh, two thousand and fifteen, there was the Supreme Court quashes mandatory minimum sentences for gun crimes, and so this was in regards to the mandatory sentence of three to five years. Uh, yeah, I remember that happening. I can actually post that for you guys. All right. Well, so but it was in the Supreme Court. It did go to the Supreme Court in Ontario, and it was quashed. So, eh, anyways, he, yeah, this guy's. Yeah. So he. Uh, this yeah. guy gets everything he deserves. Yeah. Yeah, selling a shotgun to a drug dealer. Yeah. Or trying to selling it to yeah. an undercover cop instead. <laughs> and twenty twenty dollars worth of cocaine. Come on. Anyways, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it says a little bit lower down in the article there. He's a drug addict, uh, has a criminal record for several break-and-enter thefts, and, yeah, sold it to a drug yeah. dealer. So screw this guy. Yep. <laughs> All right. Any other uh, news items, guys? <laughs> no. 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 All right. Let's, James, uh, shout out to James. James sent in a bunch of stuff, but we didn't get them in in time. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Next time. Next yeah, time, James. Next time. All right. Let's uh, move on to our main topic. So tonight we have Rick Wood with us. Uh, he's uh, owner-operator of Fire Art Solution Training, or FAST, as we like to call it. Um, he recently went down and did the Active Killer Defense uh, instructor course. So welcome to the show tonight, uh, Rick. Hey, thanks for having me back on again, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah it's been too long. you got to come on more often so we can talk flying. 
because yeah. <laughs> Trevor talks archery too much. We need to talk flying and, and bore the listeners another way. It's only fitting, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, Rick's been on the show how many times, Rick? Uh, like maybe two. You can count that high. Nice. Hey. We, should, yeah, we can't ask Trevor that question because Trevor can't ca- count past potato. So. Right. Uh, potato. <laughs> yeah. So you've done some of the Daniel Shaw courses and different things and like uh, that as well. But can you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Uh, obviously, the uh, Daniel Shaw courses. Uh, we did a couple of the uh, Tom Nelson courses. Uh, Meg Forty graduate uh, down in Florida with Masada Yub. I guess you guys had him on a show uh, a couple of weeks ago. That was awesome. Yeah. And uh, uh, we took a uh, Lone Star Medics course with Caleb Kazi uh, from Texas. He uh, came up to Ohio. Uh, Paul, Carl- Paul Carlson from Safety Solutions Academy uh, brought him up there. And uh, uh, Jess and I did a two-day course uh, with Caleb, and that was awesome medical trauma training. And uh, just left us wanting more and more. And uh, and that. All these things is kind of segued into the active killer defense program that uh, Ryan Hoover and Daniel Shaw were putting on in uh, in North Carolina there. So with all my skill sets were just thrown right into um, into that course. And with the Krav Maga background that I have here in uh, London, Ontario, uh, it was a perfect fit for you know the, the perfect triangle of all the sides being uh, exactly what was needed for that course. So. Uh, so it was a uh, was it nice, was it an isosceles triangle though? <laughs> nice isosceles triangle, yeah, partially. partially. None of those weaver stance triangles, isosceles no. triangles all the way. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about firearm solutions training first before we get into the active uh, killer defense uh, training that you did? So what types of courses do you do you offer? You said that you're already located. You already said that you're you're in London. But what types of things you've been doing? How long you've been uh, operating and and that as well? Oh uh, yeah, we started up in um, probably September of last year. We ran our first course, mm-hmm. and we started off with uh, pistol fundamentals. Uh, we did four or five of those, and then we started getting into the urban pistol course, which is uh, more of a dynamic moving and shooting and thought provoking. Uh, uh, process we wanted shooters to start you know thinking about you know problem solving while they're engaging targets and not just as simple as you know what's four plus four but you know like making a 911 call and what would you uh-huh. say during that 911 call and and just you know distracting and you know prioritizing your tasks and stuff uh-huh. um, and that met with a bit of restrictions at my local club and we're we're in the process of trying to resolve those restrictions i heard but, uh, yeah. yeah so what they don't like you putting on the training courses there um, they didn't have a problem with the fundamentals. They just had a problem with the uh, the dynamic urban pistol. Yeah, urban pistol. Uh, and so, you know. oh, so they're they're just they're. And I don't want to speak disparagingly of them, but is it is it your typical sort of? Oh, pistols are okay for shooting paper, but don't even think about training with them and using them for self defense. That's crazy. We're in Canada. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. They, they took it as you're training people how to kill people, and I'm like, right. that is totally inaccurate. Um, First of all, you should take the course before you can judge the course. Yeah, absolutely. I don't like it when people judge before they participate. Mm. And nowhere in the course description does it ever say that we're training people how to kill people. It's it's not that at all. Uh, we go back and we go through all the self-defense cases with firearms that have been in the news and in the courts, and we just learn from other people's mistakes. Mm-hmm. And we show people, like, hey, don't do these things. You know, and... You- and Sorry to interrupt, but you also actually cover a little bit of it from the the point of view of legal as well. You took that part of the MiG-40 course that you did, came back to Canada and compared Canadian laws to it as well, right? 
Exactly. Yeah, I just kind yeah. of converted their laws to our laws and mm-hmm. just went through all the cases that have been in the courts. And uh, uh, for some reason, that was not on the scope of things that a sportsman's club would be uh, considered doing. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. And now I'm on the board of directors. Yeah, you got some other people on the board of directors as well, right? Uh, George Hatch and uh, shout out to John Hunzel. He's one of, uh, I think, both of the Slamfire and New Shooter Canada listeners, and uh, so we're all three of us are on the board. So we're just hoping we can make a difference. And well, that's what you do. I mean, if if you don't like what's going on, you get involved and you get it changed. I mean, you're you're perfect example of that. Don't don't just sit back and twiddle your thumbs and go, oh dang it, they won't let me do this. Oh, heck with you is what you're saying. You're I'll become president if I have to. <laughs> You know, and, and, you know, we're just uh, trying to uh, make people better shooters and, as Dan Shaw, teach people to lead a safer life. Yeah. And that's all we're trying to do. And if it's not IPSC-oriented, unfortunately, at the club, then it's not important. So, Well, you should remind them of IPSC's roots. IPSC's I, I roots, did. yeah, is, you know, about teaching people who carry a gun for a living how to survive a gunfight. Yeah, and, I brought you know, up, uh, you know Jeff Cooper and the foundations of how he started Ipsic and still, yeah, went on mm. deaf ears. So, uh, any uh, anybody interested in taking the course uh, as part of maybe a demonstration or or you know just even come out and show you what we do or just saying. Yeah, uh, actually, Brian Bolivar, uh, I think we're going to do a uh, urban pistol course in September up at his home range. Oh, are you? Hmm. So he was very, he was supposed to come down to my first, or my second one. Yeah, I And heard. it got canceled two days before, so he spearheaded the operation up at his range. So hopefully we can get that going if we can find a date. Probably the third uh, weekend of September is what I'm aiming for. And uh, that's I, cool. I, I like to see that you're, you know, if, if you can't do it locally, at least you can go somewhere else and, and do it there instead of as long as mm-hmm. their range welcomes you, which it sounds like they are. So that that's fantastic. Oh, it's amazing that the um, the work that you guys do with the podcast and the word gets out there and people are so helpful. And, you know, they, they get in contact me, with me and they say, hey, man, how can I help out? Um, James Morgan is another guy. Give a shout out to him. Uh, he's uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. shout outs go at the end of the show, man. Come on. <laughs> well, I don't want to forget them at the end of the show. I'm kidding. You, you shout them out whenever you want. <laughs> uh, but he's at East Elgin and he's like, Hey, I'll try and set something up there. And I'm like, that is awesome. Like that's just, uh, you know, if anyone wants to set something up at their home range, you know, if we can run a course, you do the course for free mm-hmm. and we'll come and we'll, we'll do the course. And, uh, I think we got to start helping each other out. We just can't eat each other all the time. Like it's, yeah. there's not enough. Uh, of us to eat each other so That's it's right. not working out yeah okay. so uh, you were talking about offering the handgun fundamental course and you were also talking about the urban, urban pistol course any other courses that you're planning to offer in the next little while besides the one that's up in brian Bolivar's hometown um yeah <laughs> well I'm just hot off the presses from that active killer defense instructor course so mm-hmm. um september tw- or sorry august 22nd uh, we'll be running the very first one here in Canada, which is going to be pretty huge. I'm really super stoked and excited about it. And uh, hopefully we can get, you know, as many people as we can fit in. It'll be at uh, World's Gym in London, Ontario here, just on Wellington Street. Um, if you're a teacher, the course is free. And the whole point of this course is to help teachers give them a better option when they're locked in a room during lockdown. And So all I've got to do is get my way to London and I can take the course then. You got a brother. Not really a teacher, but I think I could probably squeeze in somehow through some loophole. 
you know what? If you're in the educational system somehow, like if you're a janitor, you know, if you're working admin somewhere, you know, if you're a teacher assistant, you know, anything in the school system, you know. What if you're a te- what if you're a teacher with inmates? <laughs> Can I come? <laughs> That's a whole another different course. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's really cool. I, I and uh, I know we're going to talk about this more in a little bit, but I, I'm really excited to hear more about this active killer defense course. It's, this sounds like something that a lot of people should be taking. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see this yeah. catch on, and uh, and you know, a lot of a lot of institutions could. Uh, take advantage of of their employees learning this because uh, you know you could save a lot of lives. That's the whole idea, and that's that's the whole idea why I want to uh, teach people. You know, not just the fundamentals, but the urban pistol, and now we're segueing into the active killer defense program, and we just want to you know give people more options, and uh, you know it's teaching good people to do good things against evil, and there's right. lots of evil out there. So I'm sure Kelly sees it all the time when she's at work. So. Now you are going to be. Uh, I uh, just want to plug the charity shoot again because uh, you're going to be putting a class on then as well. Is that true? Like the day before or something like that? Yes, um, we got the uh, fundamentals course on the Friday, and mm-hmm. depending on how the course goes throughout the day, we can make it more advanced as we can go. And we're going to tap into a little bit of the active killer defense, you know, situations, and just kind of, you know, maybe do some uh, disarms and some. Uh, make that part a little bit more dynamic dynamic just to give people a little taste and hopefully they can come down to london and take the course or that sounds um, like fun i should see if we're taking another day off and coming another day early <laughs> so i could be there in time for that I so mean, that's you know, on like, the friday right uh, on the friday yeah, yeah. so yeah. you know i'm just trying to make it is uh it's got to be fun and dynamic and it's not going to be like a you know stand and shoot all day long like we right. gotta have some uh you know we're all there to have a good time and get better and if we can you know, all learn from each other, learn some skills, and hey, that's I think that's awesome. Then we'll have a blast on the, on Saturday when everyone else comes down and in. So yeah. it's going to be a spectacular weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's for sure. Okay, so let's talk about the active killer defense training. You went down uh, to do the instructor training, right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so can you give us a little bit of background? Uh, what is exactly active killer defense? I, I know that some people probably listened to uh, the show we did with Daniel Shaw, but are you able to give us a little bit more background about it? Uh, most definitely. As uh, your listeners probably know Daniel Shaw, um, he works out at Thunderbird Academy in uh, Wichita, Kansas. You know, and his his goal in life, as I said before, is to teach people to lead, or, lead a safer life. And then he teamed up with Ryan Hoover, and people probably might have watched his Funker Tactical videos. He's got like a ton of them, you know, high quality Funker Tactical stuff. And uh, Ryan's a co-owner of Fit to Fight Charlotte in North Carolina, and they put out a ton of videos there as well, just motivational, um, instructional. Like it's him and his team down there, just so passionate about making people better, not just fit, but you know, um, you know giving them the skills to survive whatever encounter that they have and and then to, for daniel shaw to team up with them like what a, a perfect dynamic duel to to have uh, teach a course and to inspire people just to to get better and improve on themselves so it, it's a great team okay um you went down as an instructor what would make a good instructor you think um i think the learning you're from- bringing it back Right. Yeah, most definitely. And I think you have to be passionate and you want to be able to help people. You're just not trying to jump through hoops. It's not for a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a full time job. This isn't about, you know, a paycheck. It's about giving people skills because I want to hear the success story like, hey, 
um, you know, you motivated me to lose 10 pounds. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my payment. Or, Hey, we had a really super bad day and a bad guy did come into my business and we use some of those tactics or whatever. And, and, you know, not only did I say myself or I saved, you know, people I was working with or Bob from accounting or, you know, like 15 school kids, you know, like that's my payment there. So mm-hmm. if we can, you know, keep building that and get more and more people through the system and learning the skills. Like, I think that's, um, that's my motivation as an instructor and I learn from them as I go along and they learn from me and we have some fun and, um, and hopefully, uh, you know, that's the key concept of, you know, why I'm doing this. Okay. So are you the only one that went down from Canada so far or? Yeah, I'm it. (laughs) You're it. (laughs) So if you don't like me, that's it. No. Um, But, you know, if anyone had the chance to go and uh, train with Ryan Hoover uh, and obviously down in Shaw as well, I, I, hmm. it's well worth uh, to, to go down and just to take a class to whatever he's teaching. And they do stuff from kids to, you know, anti-bullying stuff to, you know, women's only stuff. You know, it's they have so many different packages for people down there and all his instructors are all very passionate as well. And it's a great team down there. It's absolutely phenomenal. Well, can you run us through a little bit what sort of things you learned, or, or maybe not what you learned in the instructor course, but some some of the things that a, a typical person is going to learn taking a course like this? Yeah, um, Ryan's been teaching this course uh, pretty much since Sandy Hook, and it was the unarmed portion, so it was about a three-hour, um, and they used to start off with basic, you know, like hammer fists and elbows and, um, you know, basic, uh, you know, punching and so you don't need to be like some sort of martial arts expert to take this course and you know you're not going to be learning advanced throws and and stuff that that may be beyond some people like i i know myself like if i were to go to like some karate class or krav maga class at first i'd be very intimidated because i know nothing i i didn't even you know watch wrestling as a kid i don't know any moves (laughs) yeah we um even in the krav maga we have such a diverse um bunch of people but speaking of the course we're just on i think the our oldest guy was maybe 60 something and uh, his name was warren we posted a couple videos uh, on the website and he was very timid and i don't think he punched anything in his life at all he probably didn't have any you look at the guy he's like this man is not violent he's a very quiet bob from accounting he's bob from accounting (laughs) and by the end of it, he would just let loose and just throwing those fists and elbows and just doing gun disarms. And he was right into it. And he's like, I need to save people's lives. And he was right mm-hmm. into it. And that was awesome. And then at the other end of the scale uh, was Mary. And Mary's maybe, I don't know, 110 pounds. She's, you know, four and a half feet tall, maybe just, you know, small little thing. And she was just giving her and just an amazing little war horse just you know fighting and just wasn't giving up the fight at all so he had one extreme to the other in um, ages and uh, diversity and everyone was just at the end of it just giving it all that they could do so and that's it's so the, the system is so simple anyone can do it you know especially if you need to do it to survive right so when you call when we when you talk about uh, Sandy Hook and uh, and that, so these were teachers, were they, or were they? I know uh, that they we, specialize with with training teachers and that, but yeah, um, I believe we had uh, four teachers, um, two admins, so I'm assuming they're principal, vice principal, and um, the one admin guy had just come back from cardiac surgery. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I'm not supposed to overexert myself. Awesome. Slowed it right down and he, you know, he did what he was capable of. He knew his limits, which was good. And, uh, 
um, we had a nurse and her daughter and her daughter's friend who was there. And then I think a couple of Krav Maga people that, that uh, went to fit to fight. They were sitting on the course just to, to take the course as well. So it was a pretty diverse background with, with people. And uh, I said, uh, everyone was able to do it. It was so simple. And uh, um, the Ryan's teaching skills and the information that he gives, it's, it's not technical. It's, you know, just bare bones, not going into great definitions of, you know, what this move is called. It's just like, this is what you're going to do. Yep. And you're going to, you know, make it during this drill. And then we're going to add to it. And it's so very simple. It's a well thought out plan. And, and, uh, hopefully I can do it justice and just doing the same thing here in uh, Canada that they're doing down there in the States. Now it was all non-armed, right? Or did you have any portion of this training with armed? Oh, uh, during the instructor course, Dan Shaw did take us to the range for three, four hours, and he just wanted to make sure that the instructors had a level of firearms knowledge and skill to actually, you know, teach the firearms portion. Mm-hmm. Um, but during the actual course, it's just all dummy guns, uh, just going through disarms from pistols, you know, rifles, shotguns. Um, but Daniel's uh, firearm portion was just making sure that people understood the different types of guns that were out there and, and how they worked and, you know, uh, so if you have zero knowledge of firearms, it might say, hey, I need to learn more. Maybe I'll go and I'll take a fundamentals course or maybe I'll go to the, the gun store and these handle these guns that he's talking about so I know what double action, single action actually is and uh, have a better understanding. So if you're an incidental user, which is someone who just you know picks up a firearm in the midst of the chaos, you know what that firearm is going to do and how it works. Okay. Uh, one of the things I wanted to know about with active killer um – active killer defense it's when we were talking with daniel he was saying about the fact that a lot of times if somebody researches that if you engage um these people that are gone into either the school or whether it be a movie theater or whatever if they were engaged beforehand um the um, amount of people that were killed would have been significantly lower so is that the thinking behind this teach the teachers to if they can disarm the active killer um, basically save lives. Yeah, ideally, um, you're going to be on lockdown. You know, you're only going to disarm them or act when the guy's coming through the door. Um, like to go out, and I believe there was one teacher during Sandy Cook. There was reports where she charged at Adam Land to try to stop him, and mm-hmm. she failed. Um, to, to go one on one without a firearm, like there's yeah. just granted. Who knows how many kids were saved while she was distracting him uh, by charging at him. Uh, maybe she saved 10 kids that day. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll never really know. But um, ideally, it's you're on lockdown. You're locked in a room with no options. This course gives you that option of, hey, when he comes through the door, you know, mm-hmm. we can tackle him. We can disarm him. You know, yeah, this can, isn't uh, this isn't a go after go the guy after. course. This is a defend yourself and defend those who are with you course. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is okay. a defense course. And right. what you're talking about more is an offensive move to to stop the guy. So right. this and is, that's not really our jobs. I mean, obviously, heroes are out there and, and they're going to do what they're going to do whenever that situation arises. But I mean, the typical person, your best bet is to let the police take care of that portion of it. If we're in a school and we're in lockdown, I'm doing nobody any favors by running out in the hall screaming and yelling and trying to get the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm better off with the kids that I'm responsible for and protecting them should he come through that door. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You're no good for your kids if you're not around anymore. So Right. Okay. So. Okay. Matthew, you got anything? 
Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write anything down, but I, I, I'm I'm very interested in, in listening to the different things that that uh, you're you're teaching in this course because you know, like I said earlier, this this is definitely going to save lives someday. I mean, you're going to teach somebody who's going to be in this situation, and it's I'm sure it's going to help. So, um, I. <laughs> I really don't have any other questions off the bat because you've explained it so well. And, and that's, you know, what what do you do that for? We still have time. <laughs> well, uh, you got to draw I, out your I, answers a bit more. <laughs> I could, uh, oh, go uh, ahead, Kelly. I was just going to say, did you have any portion of it, to, uh, the after? Um, I know that you already have training on first responder uh, portion of it. Do you have any, was that talked about at all during it? Um, I do, the concept of the course is... Um, you're the first responder. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, no one's coming to help you. Um, most of these events, you know, are finished within you know ten fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and that's from you know um, all the data that they collected over the years. Um, so by the time, even though it's a police officer in the parking lot, you know somebody's got to be first. Mm-hmm. And if you're the first classroom that the guy comes into, like you're the on-site personnel that's got to stop the guy. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're the first responder. You're the first line of defense, and that police officer cannot get there in time he doesn't know where the shooter is what the layout of the building is there just isn't time for him to figure it out like he's you know he's the good guy with the gun but by the time he gets there you know bad things have already happened yeah so you know people have got to realize like you're you're, you're the first responder you're you're the on-site personnel that's you know has to make a difference to protect yourselves and protect the kids and you know if it, it's, it's an sur- office yeah, it surprises me that this isn't something that's more mainstream. I mean, we hear about, you know, school shootings and, and workplace violence and stuff regularly enough that you would think, I mean, back in the day when buildings were burning down, they immediately went and put smoke detectors and everything and, and put fire extinguishers everywhere and sprinkler systems. Well, you know, now when you, you know, when's the last time you heard of a story where an apartment building burned down and everybody died? Well, you don't hear about that anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, or very, I'm- very rarely. Anyway, it does happen still. But why, why aren't we taking the same approach with this? This is a real threat. This is something that's unfortunately now part of our society. I, I, I'm confused as to why more businesses, more educational systems, aren't implementing, you know, action plans like this to to help dissuade this sort of activity. Yeah, and I'll ask you, you know, take a guess. How many kids in the last fifty years have died in a school fire? I think it's probably zero. Yeah. Exactly. And how many people have died at schools from shootings at least? Yeah, well, more than zero. I know that. <laughs> I don't know the right the, you know, exact number, but it's it, you know, it's it's too many. It's And it, when you look at it, even Canada, right? We're starting to see we're starting well, we had one recently. Mm. Yeah. No, yeah, we, I mean it, it's 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 a North American phenomenon, I yeah. think, and it's a cultural thing and Canada is very closely linked with the US. I mean, we're not immune. To, to the problems that they have down there. We're, we have those problems ourselves. We're a smaller country population-wise, and so they happen less frequently, but they do still happen. And we, I mean, they're going to continue to grow in intensity until, you know, we put sprinklers in all of the schools, you know, by sprinklers, of course, I mean, Mid-training. I don't know, AR-15s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, uh, I got back and my sister-in-law is a teacher and no, I was just like telling her about the course and she's like well that, that only happens in the states and I'm like yeah. there's like been tons of school shootings here in Canada we just forgot about them like yeah. there's um, too many that like one is too many mm-hmm. and uh, Ryan talks about in the course you know like hey you know during a lockdown situation you know certain you know uh, 
school boards tell you if the school goes on lockdown, if you're outside with your kids, you go back inside the school. Yeah, how dumb is that? You've already escaped. It's a lockdown yeah. because there's somebody dangerous in the building. Get away from the building. And I said to her, I'm like, hey, so your school goes on lockdown and you're outside with your kids. What do you do? She's like, well, we go back inside and lock down. I think, but the bad guy's <laughs> in the school. And there's finally the look on her face is like, she just oh. clued in the fact that that protocol is completely yeah. insane. And and here's, and this is a slightly different topic, but this whole policy issue gets to me. They, they put out a memo and they say, this is what you do if this. Well, they, that that's great. But unfortunately, it leaves no room for let's have some common sense and think about this for ourselves for a second. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, the, the memo said I'm supposed to go back inside and lock the classroom door. Well, the school's on fire. Don't do that. You know, <laughs> Exactly. Why would you go back in the school? Yeah. But uh, yeah, like uh, during the course, um, once again, I took the U.S. course and I related it back to Canada. So I go back through the history of all the school shootings in Canada. And there's quite a few that even I didn't even know about until I looked it up. And, um, you know, obviously there's the big ones like uh, the Mark Lapine in, in Montreal at mm-hmm. the uh, at the university. And then I think, was it in March? <clears throat> the <clears throat> Excuse me, the um, and La Roche, Saskatchewan. I think the guy killed two or three people there with a shotgun. And then a week later, we had the girl in Pickering run through the high school and she stabbed nine people before the teacher tackled her. The teacher yeah. tackled her. And I'm like, well, yay for the teacher. Yeah, no exactly. Point. Somebody stepped up and did something. And you That's have to fl- look. Sorry, you have to look at it. It's not just people coming in with guns as well. That's exactly at a, you know, they're coming in with other weapons. Well, and, 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 and knives. And, and again, it yeah. might not even be these skills. Might you know maybe you never encounter an, an active killer situation. Somebody coming in, you know, with intent to do harm. But I know that even in the smaller community where I live, we've had you know custody disputes and mm-hmm. parents come in irate. Because, you know, they've lost custody of their child and, you know, they, they're, they're here to take their child. Well, I'm not equipped to stop them. Yet, nope. at the same time, my job is to protect that child. So, you know, what do I do? Well, if I had a course like this, yes, it's not an active killer situation. But those skills transfer over and, and they, they can, you know, they'd still help in that situation. It could be a shopping mall, definitely a movie theater, any other type of business. That's uh, right. School bus, you know, an airplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, like uh, these skills could be just you know set up for any type of avenue that you're 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 into. So, I um, mean, it could happen, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it could be you know a 14 year girl running through a high school, like a 14 year girl. Who would have thought? You know, randomly stabbing people, but it happened. Yeah. So, you know, and they're not going away. They're just getting more and more as. The news stories yeah. and the media keeps covering it. So, and you're right, fourteen-year-old girl. You wouldn't have thought, you know, twenty years ago, thirty years ago. But you're right; it's going to be. It, there's going to be more. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's, and this isn't the show for it, but there are reasons that this is yeah. happening. There, there are things going on in our society that that are just simply not healthy, yep. and unfortunately we're not in a position to fix those problems, but we can at least prepare ourselves to deal with the fallout and the consequences of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. You know, and it, at the end of the day, it could be in your, you know, your bedroom, you got your family gathered around your bedroom and, you know, bad guys in your home and you could use the same tactics, you know, yep. protecting okay. your family at home. So and if people are unhappy that that's what's being taught, well, I, no. Well, don't I, go to the know. course if you're not happy with it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let the people who want to protect others, you know, participate. You don't, you know, you don't need to shut it down just because you don't like it. So, yeah. 
know, I'm lucky that I can go to um, like a gym at World Gym and I can run a course there because they teach other self-defense courses. And right. They don't have a problem with it. There's no, uh, I don't like the fact that you're doing this. Like they're all on board with it. They're okay with it. And there's no, you know, senior citizen sitting in the corner saying, I don't think I like the color of your rifle because it's black. Type of thing. <laughs> we should ban the caliber magazine because it's promoting killing or crazy stuff, whatever. True story, by the way. But Oh, um, man. <laughs> all kinds out there, man. There are all kinds. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we just uh, going to try and see if we can build it. And I think Ryan Hoover is coming up in August, and he's going to be trying to do something in Toronto as well. And cool. if uh, the more people we can get through the train, the better. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll just see where it goes. And, hey, hopefully there's a lot of people that are interested in doing it and uh, can make people safer and give them more options. And I think that's going to be great at the end of the day. Okay. I think you're right. That's that's fantastic goal, and I, I hope it all works out. In fact, I'm interested in uh, in taking, uh, you know, I, I want to come at least take the active killer portion of it because I know that I, it can be useful in in my my career. So uh, I'd like to at least take that, and maybe someday take the instructor course too, and, and go from there. Yeah, you know, the uh, the only downside is like uh, running these courses. Uh, obviously, you know, it costs time and money, and uh, as far as the materials, like we have to have crash pads and kick pads yeah. and stuff and all that stuff. Uh, cost a lot of money and the teachers are free and we want to give the teachers all the best options so they get it for free so we kind of have to subsidize it by having um like non non-teachers take the course absolutely uh, yep so right now we worked out about uh 95 for the non-teachers and that's for an eight-hour class that's so, not bad man that's not bad at all yeah that's uh, pretty good you know usually the average is about 200 dollars a day for a you know a pistol fundamentals class yeah yeah right now it's it's 90 dollars, and hopefully and a lot of that money just going back into material costs like that's i mean th- those yeah these are these are skills that are not worthless priceless there we go there's the word i'm looking for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these skills are priceless 95 dollars for a day of uh, of instruction on these skills is i i would hope that nobody would balk at that i hope not i mean you get um you know some basic you know uh hand fighting tactics you get firearms information, you know, firearms disarms. There's a medical portion that's mm-hmm. covered. And uh, we had the, our nurse that was in the course. She's like, oh, I didn't really know about wound packing, didn't know really about tourniquets. And so she's like, oh, okay, cool. Learn something new today. You know, like, it's okay, nice when you can teach an, ex- an expert something new, eh? <laughs> and it just, hey, you know, and, you know, buy these medical products, have them in your purse, your backpack, or your car, or at your school, or in your business office somewhere, and hope you never use them. They don't really expire, and, uh, you know, they're there to be used, and if you never use it, that's awesome. Yeah. But uh, uh, there's so much information that you learn, and it's it's kind of drinking from a, a fire hose type of thing, but it's just delivered in such a slow passion that you, you work that muscle memory in, and then all the drills is kind of build that muscle memory throughout the whole day. Mm-hmm. And it's just so easy to learn. It's, it's great value for your money. I think so. And really you're helping out the teachers and subsidizing um, them coming and then taking it. And Hey, maybe they save your kid's life one day. That's right. Yep. You gotta look at it that way for sure. Yeah. Maybe you can see about Daniel Shaw coming up for another course and then maybe you can add this portion to it and see if Ryan will come up as well. Just, Most definitely, you know, just and, yeah. And if you did that out in New Brunswick, that'd be even better. <laughs> Hey, it's always a, if you guys can get a, you know class together, uh, you know Jess and I can come out and uh, we can uh, you know run a day and, and you guys could uh, definitely 
you know, learn from it as well. Like, that'd be awesome. That would be. Yeah, and I could take you flying. Mm-hmm. They're, they're even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, remind our listeners once again where they can get a hold of you and, uh, you know, any other promo stuff you, you, you need to get done because that, that does need to happen. Yeah, um, you go to the website, uh, fireartsolutions.ca. Um, all the information's there. Uh, the active killer stuff will be up there uh, probably tomorrow or the next day. Okay. You can email me at rick, which is R-I-K, at fireartsolutions.ca. And uh, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. And if you're interested in taking the uh, active killer defense course on uh, August 22nd here in London, Ontario, please give me a shout. And uh, we'll, we'll add you to the list. And uh, you can be one of the first people that are coming down and uh, taking the course. And you should be proud of that because it's it's going to be something, hopefully, that's going to change people's lives. Excellent. So it's $95 for that, right? 95 yes. Okay. All right. And, you know, teacher uh, for free. And obviously, just have some kind of teacher ID to show me that you're a teacher or you work in a school board somewhere. And um, and that's all I'm asking for uh, for ID for that. All right. So thanks, Rick, for coming on tonight and uh, talking about the active killer defense uh, instructor course you went on. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, working with you at the charity shoot. But maybe I might even just sign up for the uh, the August 22nd course as well. So. Oh, I want to thank you guys. You know, the, the, the stuff you guys do on Slam Fire and New Shore Canada, like you really make a difference with people, uh, getting the word out and people learn from you. And, uh, I mean, you guys are awesome. And uh, we're very lucky to have such great podcasts here in Canada. And you guys get so much information out to people. And I think it's uh, you deserve a big tangle Yankee yourselves because that's, um, you know, I know, we'd be lost without you definitely in the firearms industry here in Canada. So thank you guys very, very much. Well, thank you, too. It's our pleasure. And yeah. we're only as good as our listeners anyway. So, yeah, ah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Rick. And uh, I hope to see you soon. Yeah, most definitely. Can't wait, guys. I just wanted to say thanks to uh, Rick again for coming on. That was uh, really interesting. Yeah, it was. Awesome. Uh, Why don't we go on to uh, listener feedback? So uh, this first one is Sean from Saskatchewan. I think I'll take this one because he's talking about partisan. I was like, I, I, I couldn't help myself. I had to read this one, and uh, he's absolutely right with what he's saying. So uh, to Adriel and you other guys and gal. See, you get the name. We get guy and gal. Mm. <laughs> At least we didn't get gals like last time. True. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, I haven't wrote in for a while, but your last episode has prompted me to correspond. Adriel was discussing his new toy, the Partis shotgun, and how three-inch shells were beating the receiver and bolt up a bit. I decided to check out his YouTube page, and as I was curious about this shotgun, he has a video of him tearing one down, and when I watched it, a light bulb went off. Unfortunately, in the past, I've gained an intimate knowledge regarding the inner workings of the Weatherby SA-08 shotgun. For those who don't know, it's a semi-auto 12-gauge shotgun as well, and once you delve past the pedigree of the Weatherby name, it's just another Turkish shotgun. The Weatherby SA-08 comes with two pistons, one for shooting target loads and one for shooting heavy loads and 3-inch shells. The point I'm making is that the Partis you have looks identical to a Weatherby SA-08 under the skin. I can't help but think that you could simply call Weatherby and get a replacement heavy piston for an SA-08. I, I would place bets that it would slide right in there and thus prevent further damage to your gun. If the Weatherby SA-08 and Partis are truly separated at birth, then you have a fine shotgun. Nobody has much bad to say about the Weatherby. Mine has worked very well. 
Just another note, uh, your new host, Kelly, seemed to be a little nervous the first few episodes, but has really found her groove the last couple of episodes. I enjoy the female perspective on our hobby and sport, and she does a good job of keeping the squirrels at bay and keeping you hooligans on topic. <laughs> Please forgive my spelling and grammatical errors. I'm plunking this out on my tiny phone screen. Cheers, Sean from Saskatchewan. Uh, that was nice of him to say that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he he mentioned the Weatherby uh, SAOA. I look it up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So there's uh, the uh, piston for the light has the uh, the seal further up, so it'll it'll engage uh, the gas a little bit longer, and the heavy one has that cut a little further back, so it'll engage the gas system for less time. Uh, so he's he's exactly right. A look at the picture. Yeah, looks uh, looks like it. And they've even got they've got one that has the arm on one side. And I thought I saw one that had dual arms. Isn't I that saw, interesting? Saw one around here somewhere. So yeah, I mean, so it's uh, I think if if you were to want to shoot uh, ducks with this and and uh, uh, waterfowl, you may want to look into getting one of those Weatherby uh, heavy pistons and try that out it might not work it might like how many different possible ways can you do it? it's a magazine tube right they're all the same dimensions so it's just a question of whether or not the dimensions on the inside of the the uh uh what you call it there uh what would you even call that whatever that ring is that's on the bottom of the barrel that the gas goes through i'm real technical right now the gas port Sure. Yeah. The ring on the bottom of the barrel that the gas goes through well it, it goes over top the uh uh, oh, geez, what is it? It is an SAS can, uh, con. I'm just looking up the SA-08 right now, and it look, and I'm seeing con in there, which is a Turkish shotgun name. <laughs> anyways, anyways, yes, you're right. That's that that has to be it. So uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna try one of those uh, pistons and see if that works because that yeah. should take uh, it should disengage the gas system sooner and therefore beat it up less. That'd be very interesting if. The expensive Weatherby shotgun is basically the same as this three hundred dollar shotgun. Turkey, turkey. <laughs> <laughs> it might be if it's a con shotgun. Con's Turkish, so. Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah, Trevor. Did you want to take Mark from the UK? Uh, sure, from the UK. No way. Mm-hmm. Um, been listening to. Do I have to do it with an English accent? Yes. But mm-hmm. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> been listening to the show for. Uh, been listening. To- to the show now for a few months, mainly while driving on the wrong side of the road, by the way. And I love it. Great information, banter, and guests. Not up to date with the back issues yet, but working on it. Save yourself the trouble, Mark. Uh, please keep uh, please keep up the good work. Two big thumbs up all the way around from the UK. Excellent. Two more thumbs. Are they in the count? They are. I added all, them. Excellent. All the best, Mark Robinson. P.S. Never owned... <laughs> <laughs> Never owned an SKS or 1911. Sadly, our firearm laws would not allow it. Or perhaps the SKS, uh, it's uh, or perhaps with the SKS, it's a blessing in disguise. But I do have lots of Milsert bolt actions and a few other bits and pieces. I noticed there's been a little less archery discussion lately. Mm. Oh, and he apparently he wants more archery discussion. Because we got a sad face. Oh gosh. P. P.S. Great to hear Trevor on the Reloading Podcast, keeping them all on track. Another great show. Well, thanks, Mark. As for archery, um, she's pretty much done for the year for me. But next year, it's probably going to be an overload of archery because 
I will be uh, changing roles from match director of SummerSlam to provincial coach and Canada Games coach and coach certification instructor. So it'll be all archery all the time next year. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know, here's the thing about archery. We've been shooting bows for well over 2,000 years. If we haven't figured out how to teach someone to do it yet, we never will. I think it has yeah. to do with uh, doing it from birth, just like the you know the Spartans and the the times of old. So if any kids suck, you know they just they just have to go farm. They can't. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Can't do anything fun. You know, in, in Korea, South Korea, archery is it. Archery is bigger over there than hockey is over here. And when they start training, they don't train recreationally. Every Korean, I think, who picks up a bow has aspirations of Olympic medals and they do all kinds of stuff to prepare them for archery before they actually shoot an arrow like they will do essentially archery dry fire for weeks or months before actually touching the bow crazy is this north korea or south korea south yeah I thought north, that was north korea the national sport is finding something to eat <laughs> sorry korea I'm not sorry, North Korea. Anyone who can be possibly listening to this is from South Korea. There are no <laughs> North Koreans listening to this podcast. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Maybe they're, anyways. Listen, they get the electricity for three hours a day. They're not going to waste it on us. Yeah. Hey, they might. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kelly, do you want to take uh, James's email here? Not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> be nice, Almost man. like it was planned yeah. like that, huh? James, yeah. like a friend oh, yeah. of the show now. Oh, God, I don't know if I'll be able to get through this. Uh, James Burke, thanks for sending this, by the way. Uh, he said, what a great review. Listener Brian Sheet explains the MAS Sword and Supreme Pro X. I was sold on boobs <laughs> for your ears, so I bought two boob gel motorboating ear sponges. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyways. I haven't read this one yet. Can you can you read those couple of lines again cleanly this time? No. Yeah. No, I think they need to be. Um... He says, "I was sold on boobs for your ears, so I bought two boob gel motorboating ear sponges." Jean Guy, your uncle. Jean Guy. <laughs> Jean Guy, you Upper Canadian, and you're not even an Upper Canadian. No, I'm not. Oh, Okay, so I, he's, oh, he signs it, Jean-Guy, your uncle. By the way, Trevor Ferlatte, or Ferente. Ferente, yeah. yeah. Okay, keep the pair you found on SummerSlam. They were mine. I bought a new pair. And he says, thanks, Brian Sheets. <laughs> oh, there you go. Anyways, that was probably the best email we've received for a while. He did send me um, a text after the show. And he goes, funny thing. I've been missing a pair of headphones or earmuffs since SummerSlam. <laughs> But now I don't feel so bad because I, I know James and I know he can afford to let me keep them. So it's all good. He bought two pairs, apparently. So I bought two boob gel motorboating ear sponges. <laughs> um, James and I will be teaching a black badge course next week in the Miramichi. Uh, yeah. Bring them both, James. Forget one behind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, that was yeah. good. Well, if you want to... Uh, let us know about your uh, motorboating ear sponges. Uh, email the show at slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, next up for iTunes reviews, we've got one here. It says, keep them coming. Five stars. This is from Bry28. 
Hey guys, had to sign into my wife's iTunes so I can give you guys a review. I just wanted to say, keep up the good work. I just started listening to your podcast last year, and I'm hooked, so you're doing something right. Thanks for turning me on to the FNS9. Two thumbs up. Oh, so awesome. we got four mm. thumbs to this, this More week. love for the FNS9. In all the guns that I've promoted in all the years I've been podcasting, none has been as well-received as the FNS9. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, Matthew and I are hardcore Glock lovers. We don't have people writing the show a couple of times a month saying, hey, yeah, I bought, an, I bought a Glock. And I think it's because, like, yeah, Glock. They're everywhere. Everybody owns a Glock. And the FN was something new and different, and people actually thought it was worth trying. And Well, well the FN is 500 bucks. Yeah, well, yeah, the price doesn't hurt either, Adriel. You're yeah. right. Yeah. And I don't know about everybody, Kelly, but they certainly are catching on. Mm-hmm. Have you tried one? No, but you're bringing it to Charity Shoot, right? I am now. <laughs> <laughs> Which Just one do you be want? Careful, might be hard on your hands. Uh, well, no, I, I don't. I don't have the soft, you know, podcaster hands. I work for a living. So, <laughs> anyway. so <laughs> Brian. Oh, she can take it. I love free. you. Oh, you. <laughs> All right. Uh, so if you want to have your uh, review read on air, please leave us a five-star rating. We have 130 five-star reviews so far, uh, a 101 from Canada, 28 from the U.S., and one Australian. How many from Canada? 101. <laughs> how, how many from Canada? Uh, 10, one. That's right, Kelly. 10, one. 101. <laughs> Carry on. I just love ribbing, Trevor. <laughs> Shout outs, anyone? Yes. After yes. Kelly, ladies first. Well, I I wanted to say um, a big shout out to Thomas S. from uh, my neck of the woods. I just wanted to say uh, thanks for being the first to step up and send uh, an EMT for, um, yeah, for Archie. So it was awesome. And he's coming to the charity shoot, too. So we'll see him there. Very awesome. Yes. Um, Mine is to Tyson at Wanstalls um, for helping out with that 1911 order and uh, getting free shipping. Yeah. Awesome. That was nice. Yeah. Mine's to uh, Sean from Saskatchewan, that listener, let, that let us know about the uh, Weatherby SA08. That's uh, a nice heads up, and uh, I re- it, it might solve the problem of it beating itself up with those uh, three-inch magnums, so it's uh-huh. uh, good to know. Yeah. And Any it was other- nice of him to be nice to me, so... <laughs> Thanks, Sean. That was very nice. I know where I fit in now. I'm not afraid to speak up. There we go. Yeah, and he, and sorry, Adriel. Yeah. He was totally right. For the first couple of shows, you were a little nervous, and then I guess you realized these guys are bigger screw-ups than the other crew I work with, so I can just kind of, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, Trevor, I think of you as my older brother. <laughs> uh, can I? Wait, what? Hmm. Okay, I'll accept. Like, and, um, you know. Matthew, you know, he's my he's my younger brother. And Adriel, well, you know, you and I, you got my back, so. And you're no longer the new guy. I'm the new. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but he's still frosty. Yeah, but he's, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so please join one of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR or the CSSA. It's important to support them. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. It's a forum where you can go and talk about guns and talk about the show. 
Uh, like us on Facebook. We have 1,441 likes. And uh, that's where we also do a lot of the discussion and fun when we're talking about the shows and uh, things in between the shows. We have 101 thumbs up, five gold stars and counting, two flukes, and two manatee flippers. Uh, <laughs> any uh, words of wisdom before we leave? Um, I. Yeah. <laughs> you lost me at wisdom. Words, lots yeah. of words. Wise words? Nope, not me. I know. Okay. Uh, five to three, if you take the five and you divide it by 20. Yeah, <laughs> never mind. Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. <sighs> Anyways, Math. Okay. okay. <laughs> Kelly, when I'm quiet, it's because I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. Good night, Jason. Ooh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.